Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, now we are here with a Manchester United update. Joining us is uh, Joshi, who you can find on Twitter at Doc underscore Joshi. He's also a contributor over at Full Time Devils. Uh, glad to have you join us. Um, the topic on yesterday's full show... Um, was about Jose Mourinho's quote-unquote rant. I say quote-unquote rant because he never really raised his voice and he had a very kind of clinical process where he had all the stats prepared and everything. But we mentioned some of the things that he brought up there, uh, including United's recent league and European uh, finishes, which he kind of framed as failures. He randomly praised Manchester City. He started attacking journalists and calling out his own players. Curious to get your initial uh, take at the time on... uh, Jose Mourinho's comments after the Sevilla loss? So I didn't actually watch all of that um, as it happened. I sort of saw it the next day and I actually saw the reaction to it first before I even saw the actual, you know, the actual press conference. And, you know, in, in the, in the immediate aftermath of the Sevilla game, I mean, I was angry. That was not a, that, that performance was just, unacceptable you know I'm not saying you know nobody expected United to sort of go on and win it there was no expectation as it were you know there was a hope that we would do well against Sevilla go through and there'd be a big fixture and put you know and then anything can happen in knockout competition but that performance was unacceptable and this is my immediate reaction to the whole Mourinho rant was he knew it that's why he came out and had this 12 minute um not tirade as you say he was fairly uh, calculated in what he was saying, but he knew that he fucked up. That was my original um, reaction, and that's why he's come out and and he's start he's sort of drawing the line in the sand and you know planting his feet and really start setting bracing himself for the onslaught of criticism that was coming his way. Right, so he knew that had happened, uh, and he knew that he 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 basically messed up. But at the same time. You know, he's famous and for for this, and and loads of footballers have come out who have worked under him have come out and said this. He always does this when the players have put in a particularly shoddy performance. It deflects from the players. It deflects away from the individual performances, or at least it's designed to do that to a certain extent. And it has really done that, to be honest. That um, a lot of the focus has been on Mourinho. A lot of the focus has been on how he set up, and it should be. I think he, he got a lot wrong, but the players, you know, also have a lot that they should be taking the blame for. And I think the most famous of the footballers that has come out and said is, is Mesut Özil. You know, he came out and said that this is what Mourinho does. He deflects away from the players after these really, really bad performances so that he can work on it himself and the players don't have to. He's the one that gets 
the flack in the press. So I think there's an element of that. I don't think that's the oh, I don't think that's the sole reason for it. There's an element of that side of things. There's an element of he kind of knew that he messed up and needed to come out and sort of start um, kind of stating the case for a lot of the a lot of the issues that are or st- stating his case and also almost not not excuses but explaining a lot of the issues that are there um, and you know including City City are having a freak season it's it's a it's a freak season just like Mo Salah is having a freak season I don't think they'll either of them will be doing the same thing again doesn't mean City won't win the league again next year but I don't think it'll be quite as dominant um, and you know that's amplified the sort of uh, negative picture that United are in um, and I think he had a, he made a quite a few good points I think about the players about the situation at the club um, about the situation in the, about uh, the situation of the squad you know he made quite a few good points the problem is he's done it he's done it sort of unprovoked almost after a really really poor performance and ultimately I sort of just rolled my eyes and was just like you know this is I, I can't be bothered to listen to this anymore I just wanted to you know just turn off because I just could not accept this level of kind of not arrogance but he like he's pushed the agenda on that one like 12 minute rant or whatever you want to call it um after a game that's kind of unusual and actually the focus should have been on you know what's uh, instead of saying what he should i think he should have come out and said look i messed up the players messed up we move on this is not the right you know this is not what i expect from the team and we move on instead of this whole sort of digging his heels in so in the immediate aftermath i wasn't impressed but having seen the the, the video and, and some of the comments he's made i think i can be a bit more pragmatic now and have a bit more of a thinking cap on and say yeah he does make good points and i think that he's a very calculated person there's a reason why he's come out and done this you know another theory was that he's maybe putting pressure on the board to start to make sure they sign the players that he wants in the summer without any restrictions you know that's why he's calling out man city as well and it's a, another fair point to make the squad i mean we're playing with antonio valencia and ashley young as our starting fullbacks this they're both converted wingers both well over 30 both you know but well past their best and there are starting fullbacks this is not that's not a foundation to be building title winning sides on as as well as they have played but in you know that's they have done well and all that kind of stuff but the the unit isn't there at the back so there's all of these things that come into play and uh you know and now we're here discussing it i think that's part of the part of his tactics to bring that out of it as well is make people discuss him and not specifically the players mm. well that that sounds uh, lovely but then he kind of keeps calling out the players we, we're going to talk about yeah. them a little bit because we have fair questions uh, that we're going to try to touch on at the end here uh to make up for the fact that we had a city fan talking about this yesterday um but um luke shaw seems to just be in his targets for whatever reason Whenever he plays or when he isn't playing, it feels like he can't get through a press conference without taking a dig at Luke Shaw. Uh, what have you made of, of that kind of interaction since he arrived at the club? So, look, I think there's a few. This, this is a it's it's a more complex issue than Mourinho bullying Shaw or whatever some people have said in the press. Because look, Luke Shaw has had 
um, criticism, criticism follow him around. At Southampton under Pochettino, he was called out for his lack of focus. When he signed at United, Louis van Gaal was extremely surprised at how unfit he was. Roy Hodgson called him out and said, you know, we've um, we've had to have a word with him with regards to his fitness. When he joined United, you know, there was a quote um, maybe you know, a year later when, you know, he went through that period where he sort of ha- um, hired a fit, um personal trainer over the summer and he came back in the this was before his injury came back and he was really flying and he did an interview where he said yeah I think I'm, I did actually take it a bit easy after I joined United and he's sort of going well you know that's the exact opposite of what you should be doing you sign for Manchester United you actually raise your game you raise everything you do compared to when you're coming from a you know no disrespect to Southampton but it's a different there are different targets at the club. So you don't come in and take it easy at a club where there's more pressure, better quality players. You should be going for titles. You come in and you you step your game up. So it points towards, all of that points towards a certain um, lack of mental strength. And it's something that we've, you know, the idea of mental strength is something we've discussed on this pod and I've discussed elsewhere. And I think he, he there's something within that category, within all the um things that make up mental strength for him it's sort of it's this uh, commitment and concentration and determination so when you take that right and he, he and you look at the situation with Mourinho um it looked like he was he was a bit of a goner and Mourinho wasn't impressed and he, you know Mourinho had that whole thing about how he had to it was almost like he was controlling him from the sidelines all you know that was last season and then he seemed we were all like okay maybe this year it will be his season and then he got back in the side and he had that run of eight seven eight nine games where he played and he did really well he looked lean he looked fit he, he seemed to be getting a bit of rhythm back and we were all like oh yeah okay this is this is great and then even Mourinho came out and said if this is the Luke Shaw that we want to see and you know, at this rate, he'll be United's left back for many years to come, all that kind of stuff. And then suddenly he disappeared again. So, you know, to me, there's something that's not quite right there, whether it's Luke Shaw's mentality and, you know, he's been called out many managers. So I think that's it's going to be part of it. Because when you see when you see him return to the team, as he did a few weeks ago, he visibly looked a lot bigger heavier you know not fat like we would say fat me and Mm. you know like the general public but for a professional athlete at the highest level at at elite level sport right this is a team this is a club with sports scientists dietitians you can have a chef make sure that you're eating the right stuff you've got physios you've got everyone there set up for you to be um you know in your prime condition you're training almost every day you're you should be playing games once or twice a week to come on and look like that to be honest with you is unacceptable you know there there's no excuse for it and this is why Mourinho's digging him out he gave him praise when it was due and you can see the difference in the way he just the way he looks he's just rounder and he's thicker you know he's always had a bit of a you know big ass that's always been you know he's always been what the what the kids are saying thick you know but uh, but he but this time round when he's come back into the side he's he is just bigger. He's looking, he's a bit more, he's like plodding along as opposed to really, you know, mm. being lean and, 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 and mobile and, and, and quick up and down that, that, that wing. So 
you know, there is a lot of you. There's a lot of blame that has to go on Luke Shaw. That being said, obviously, I don't know what goes on in the background. I have no insight into the training or whatever. But when you're looking at it from all of these things, all the managers that have said these things, and you visibly see that he is bigger. And this is not, I'm not saying he's bigger now compared to two years ago, which he is, but bigger now compared to just before Christmas when he was getting in the team. Mm. You know, this is, this is not, there's something not quite right there um, off the pitch. So Mourinho is going to dig him out. That's the kind of manager he is. And he has been. Yeah, fair enough. The other side of the coin is, I think Mourinho has probably been a bit, he almost looks like he's targeting him. But he did the same with Mkhitaryan, you know, tried to get him to come out of his shell a little bit. And he did. And he responded. He did it with Anthony Marshall last season as well. And he's he responded, although now that's kind of gone back a little bit um, in, in towards that similar state. Uh, he did it with he's done it with a lot of players over the years. And he, a part of it is a test. I think he's testing them. Can they respond? Can they come back into the into the team and respond or can they come into training and put that extra effort in whatever it is i don't know what he he wants to see from them but it's clear to me that luke shaw at manchester united just has never quite mentally been there and i think part of that obviously he's been unlucky with injuries that horrific leg break is mentally to come back from that is a massive big deal is a big deal it's really tough so i'm not saying luke shaw is totally weak and you know he's he's been through for a sports for an elite sportsman, he's been through some pretty bad times from an injury perspective, so and that can take its toll. But once you've got back in the side like he did, you know, and he looked lean and uh, and he looked good, and Mourinho dropping him might have been a test, you know. He might have been saying, all right, let's see what, how he reacts to being dropped now. And then he probably he may have taken his foot off the gas because mm. he thought he was back in the team or whatever, and now he's not been in the side for a long time. And then coming back, he just looks overweight or not as as lean and fit as he should do. So I per, my personal thing is um I probably put more blame on Luke Shaw cuz he you know it's a pattern and, and the thing is obviously people are calling Mourinho out because he seems to be targeting Shaw but over the course of Shaw's career every single one of the managers that he's worked under has said something similar it's just that Jose Mourinho is the highest profile of all of those managers and he's doing it in a more straightforward kind of way you know he mm. he doesn't really take it all throughout his career he'll take people off at half time he'll bring you on and then take you off he'll bring you off up before half time you know he's been that kind of manager um and he'll say things in in the press so <clears throat> you know that's that's that side of things and so it's a difficult one. I do sympathise with Luke Shaw, but I also, um, you know, I, I, I'm kind of, um, what's the word, shocked at how a player cannot be in an in elite condition at a club like Manchester United, where it's all set up for you to be mm. like that. We're not, to, you know, not talking about down in the lower leagues where you kind of got to do your own cooking and things like that. These guys can get chefs in. They're rich enough to do that if they do, if they got an issue with it. You know all this stuff. So it, it does wind me up a little bit that he comes on the pitch looking like that. And you know, even in the state, though, I will say he's a better left back than Ashley Young. <laughs> but I think I think that uh, other than when we played against Mo Salah, but I think that Jose Mourinho doesn't want to. He wants a player that's fully there, not just relying on his talent. And that's what Luke Shaw's doing at the moment. He's a super, 
he's a really talented footballer, but he's not applying himself elsewhere. He's just relying on that talent in terms of game, in terms of when he plays, probably in training, and he's not really putting in the extra yards. So I, I kind of side with Mourinho on that one. He's not the only one to have um, called out Luke Shaw, but I think because of the current environment at United and the current sort of negativity surrounding Mourinho in the press, anything he says is going to be jumped on. And yeah, more you know, recency bias. Yeah, and and uh, you know, I don't know about this idea that he's been bullied. I know that there's been some rumours in the press that senior players have said he they don't like the way he's treated Luke Shaw and things like that. I don't know, you know, I'm not in the dressing room, so I don't know whether whether that's true or not. But judging it from my perspective in the press and seeing what's been happening and what other people have said in the past and the, and Luke Shaw's track record, I would side with Mourinho on this one. Yeah, I think it's an interesting um, issue between a player that clearly is not motivated by negativity and a manager who basically primarily dishes that out. Um and, and to an extent, you'd expect a player at this level to motivate himself, but it's pretty evident that he can't, and it's also pretty evident that Mourinho's management style is not what will get the best out of him. Um, I think Mourinho is a bit more of that old-school type manager. You know, He's still a bit of that kind of a rules with an iron fist kind of way. Mm. He likes control of everything. You know, This is another issue at United, maybe for another pod, is the idea of a director of football. Mourinho doesn't necessarily work under that model. Um, and he likes to have control over a lot of the aspects that, that, that are there, while someone like Pep Guardiola will um, primarily focus on the coaching. He doesn't really get involved in the running of the club and the overall t- uh, direction and things like that. So he's a bit old school like that, and this is part of it. You know, Some players do like an arm around the shoulder, but then Mourinho is not your man, right? So he's probably going find, to find out who those players are and then bring in players who aren't going to be like that. And that's probably why Fellaini, he likes him. Because Fellaini gets on with it. He's pro- he's received stick his entire career, just gets on with it. I mean, I don't think he's a great player at all, but Mourinho probably likes the attitude. Similarly with Lukaku, I think his attitude is spot on. And I think that's why Mourinho, you know, just loves him. Same with Matic. You know, when you look at the players that Mourinho has called out and, and picked on, um, you know, he he... he, he Singled as Chris Smalling out for praise the other day. I think Chris Smalling is atrocious. I do not want him in the starting lineup. But his attitude, you can't fault his attitude. He's not on the pitch trying to make mistakes. He always puts 100% in. He's always working hard. He's just not good enough, in my opinion. But Mourinho loves him. So this is part, I think he's trying to, part of it is the, the, the rest of the players in the team need to come up with, you know, if they can sort their attitude out, and bring it to the level of someone like Lukaku, who I think his his attitude is a hundred percent spot on. His work rate, his commitment, his he doesn't let his head drop when things are going bad. He works for the team, not himself. You know these things that are, and he's a big sort of, you know, he, he'll motivate players. He really loves play. You can see he loves playing football. If the really talented players in the squad had that level of attitude and that that commitment, then you'd see Mourinho would trust them a lot more. And I think that's part of it as well. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. 
Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, certainly makes sense. And will be interesting to see how this pans out. Um, he tends to, uh, as a manager, Mourinho, be on this three-year cycle throughout clubs. He brought that into the club. Just curious to hear if, if his comments have changed the duration that you think he'll be at the club, and if you do think that three-year time window sounds about right, or since this kind of seemed to be his dream job, uh, if you think he'll be there for a longer period of time than that. He did, uh, to be fair, mention a project at Manchester United, which might be the first time he's ever said that word. Mm. So for me, I've always believed that Jose Mourinho has gone around the way he... I think he's been quite calculated in his career in terms of where he's gone... He's won league titles in Portugal, in England, in Italy, in Spain. It's no coincidence that they're, well, other than Portugal, they're like three three biggest um, sort of leagues in Europe. Germany is probably the only one missing, but then the only club he'd probably go to is Bayern, and Pep has already been there, and he probably can't be bothered. But I think he's been quite calculated. What's missing throughout his career is... Um, a, the inter- an international job, which I think he may come to later on in his career. But B, and I think this is the one that before he joined United and, and even when Alex Ferguson was at, still at the club, I thought he, he really wants to f- build, you know, what we would call a legacy or a dynasty, you know, to try and because, you know, no, if you, just because you go around to lots of different clubs winning lots of stuff, I think it's still puts you on that tier below someone like Sir Alex Ferguson, who did it, who built a massive dynasty at Manchester United and prior to that broke up the old firm with Aberdeen. So, you know, we've got pedigree, we've got achievement, we've got um, cycles at a club and we've got manager that's evolved at the times over three decades at a single club, right? He's built this, de- built this uh, legacy. He's Manchester United and Alex Ferguson go hand in hand. And you know that's what Jose Mourinho has been has been missing. Now, always, I b- before he signed for us, I thought that's what he's looking for, and that's you know why United was his dream job because he knew we'd give him the time. We, we he knew we'd give him the support, even the fan base. You know we're a very patient lot, as you can see from the way in which we dealt with Moyes and Louis Van Gaal. You know, generally speaking, we're not uh, over the years. We're not um, even when like Moyes was at his lowest. You know, even I was against this whole plain banner and all that kind of stuff. Give the man a bit of dignity. But anyway, I think that's what he was looking for. Now, I still think that's what he's looking for. I don't think he's going to, he's not going to go in the summer. I mean, that would be ludicrous, barring some implosion like at uh, Chelsea and the whole Eva Canero thing. I don't know. I, you know, he may manufacture something like that. Um, and I think he'll be here next year. My question is whether he's up for it like really truly up for it like he used to be you know um and 
I think he, you know, he's, it's, I don't think he's past it. I think what he needs to work out in his head is how up for it is he, because he's come to United and he recognizes that it's actually a bigger job than people thought, even with the amount of money spent, right? Because the money spent was just spent on dross for the majority of the transfers before he arrived. And there's a, a lot of work to be done there. And I, I touched upon the fullback situation as an example. So it's up to him now. And I personally think that he's still got it in him. You can see it every now and then. I just want him to be a bit more consistent. And I, I'm a bit more, I'm a bit of an optimist as well, in the sense that I think that, hope, well, I'm hopeful that, you know, these kind of events, these kind of him, that, that sort of 12 minute speech that he went on was kind of him saying, look, I'm the boss. I'm here, going to be here for a long time. I want this to succeed as opposed to, you know, a, a speech which which had the tone of just leave me alone. I'm doing my best here. You know, there's that kind of there's a bit of a fine line there, but hopefully it's leaning more towards the he's digging himself in for the long haul because uh, I still rate him. Look, he won two trophies last season with a pretty poor squad. Yes, the style of football has been great, but we're now, you know, second place. We're FA Cup semi-finals against Spurs. So it's not been a disaster, but I think the manner of the defeat at Sevilla and the manner in which Man City are just totally dominating um, is just amplifying uh, the, the sort of deficiencies that we, when we see when we do see them. So um, I don't think I think the three year I would still probably whilst I'd like him to be there for the long term because that would suggest he's improving every year and, and he's going in the right direction. I still think the three year timescale is probably accurate at the moment because it just depends on his mentality i think next year if he doesn't win the league he may again implode by the end of the year i don't know we'll see it's difficult one to gauge with him but i've always felt that he wants this sort of legacy club and united is set up for him to do that if he can grasp that opportunity that's 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 the only question yeah, uh, you mentioned the season that you're having this year, which is not uh, terrible by any stretch. And also, we did mention on the full show yesterday that in any normal season, you'd be title contenders right now, um, had it not been for this kind of crazy burst by Manchester City this season. Uh, what have you made of uh, Manchester United seasons on the whole? Um, you know, on on the whole, it's the, the, the problem is it's the way in which we've... Um, sort of fallen away, if that makes sense. So League Cup, uh, knocked out by a lower league team with a really pathetic performance. Champions League, knocked out by a, a, a lower tier European club without being, again, without being disrespectful because they played us off the park. So it's difficult for me to justify that label. But in terms of stature of the club and and players on paper, you know, we should be beating Sevilla. And they then go off and the next match, they lose 2-0 away at Leganes, right? so you tells yeah. you that they're not they're not like top level elite level clubs so it's the manner in which we dropped out of those competitions which will have stung the most um and then the manner in which we lost against city at home we approached certain games and we've had certain matches in the league where we've kind of been like what the hell is going on so as let's let's put it this way last season we finished sixth this season we're in second place. That's a four point four place jump. So that's got at the moment. Obviously, there's still 
a few matches to go, you know, more than a few matches to go. But if we were to finish in second, then you'd say that's a significant improvement. And then, but then you look at the season and you go, well, if we don't win the FA Cup and there's no silverware, then it can't be a successful season in in any definition of the books. For me, you always have to be putting a silver, um, putting a trophy in the cabinet to say in any way that it's a successful season. So, but when you look at it at the beginning of the year, when we came into the the season, yeah, we wanted to be challenging for the league. And as you say, City are putting up a freak season. And unfortunately, we're not challenging for the league. In other seasons, we may be challenging. I don't think we'd be top, but we'd be challenging much closer. Um, So that's put put a bit of a negative spin on the league. And then when you look at the Cups, you start the season saying we want to try and win all of them. You're never going to win all of them. It, nobody's ever won all of them um, in the in England. We we won the treble, but didn't win the League Cup. So you, you're going to have to drop some of them. And realistically, we weren't going to win the Champions League. Just the the level of competition and quality of that competition just was wasn't going to happen. You know. Um, and then you're left with the FA Cup and League Cup, and it's again difficult to say at the beginning of the season. Oh yeah, we'll definitely win those two. So. When you look at it logically and you look at it with a sort of, again, like that pragmatic thinking cap, if we were to end up with the FA Cup at the end of the year, it's not a disaster season. It's not a hugely successful one in terms of the league and Champions League, those big, big trophies. But again, it's a trophy in the cabinet. It's progress in the league. um, And it's another year of learning. So you sort of, you take it and you go on. Um, But it's all skewed by a cities um just their form and b the way in which we got knocked out of the champions league i think that is the thing that is the biggest um like bugbear with united fans it's the way in which we we sort of dropped out against severe and it was frankly embarrassing watching that and you know it's probably the angriest i've been after a football match for a very, very long time. And that's including the Moyes season <laughs> and the Van Gaal season, you know, because it just, I just didn't understand the approach at all. We go from beating Liverpool, come back against Palace, beating uh, Chelsea, and then he completely changes it up. He throws Marouane Fellaini in, which, I mean, I, I see the merit in other situations, but he hasn't, pl- he hadn't played for months on end. And suddenly he's just chucked straight in in a key in a key tie. Rashford playing really well down the left, made an impact against Palace, made an impact against Liverpool and uh, Chelsea down the left. So he plays him down the right against Sevilla. So these are things that he kind of has to take ownership of and say he fucked up. And I think that's why he's come out and with this 12 minute sort of speech that he went off on one because he knows deep down he did that. He did screw up and. Mm. He can't lay it all on the players. And, but then that's also why he waited for a win against in the FA Cup to then start criticizing players. Because you do it after <laughs> a win. It's kind of like, yeah, we won, but you know, this is what happens. They need to be better in this area, this area, this area. So you're, you're kind of not necessarily shoving all of the blame for the severe stuff on the players, but you're also highlighting it and calling it out, mm. which I don't mind, actually, because Ferguson did it. There was a famous... Uh, there's a famous YouTube video. Aberdeen have just won the won the cup. There's, the players are celebrating in the background, and Ferguson's there going, "No, that was a disgraceful performance, absolutely disgraceful." And he's got he's going on a rant about how 
poor the standards were in that match and he was like these are not the standards that i've set myself at aberdeen you know so he did it it's fine i don't mind that but it needs to be done at the right time and i would prefer it if he took a bit of ownership uh for things like the severe game because and he just came out look instead of trying to defend the position and defend what happened and saying Sevilla are this really great side, which, you know, they are a, a good side, obviously, because they beat us and they're in the Champions League, but he shouldn't be deflecting like that. He should be, I think, trying to, he should take a bit of ownership as well. Hmm. Um, all right, now we're going to answer some fan questions uh, that were sent in to you. Um, we've already addressed a couple of them. Uh, one of them was uh, about... Um, Players earning lo- loads of money at Manchester United, they can afford the best professional help in terms of diet, psychology, and fitness. Is there an excuse not to give 100% to the club? We pretty much thoroughly covered that with Luke Shaw already. I, yeah, I don't think there's any, just to go on, I don't, there's no excuse really, to be honest. They're, they're like I said earlier, they're set up to be playing at to the succeed. highest level. Whatever. Yeah. The only thing is, obviously, they're a personal, I won't ever, like, say for example, last season Pogba's dad passing away. No matter how much money you have, no matter how much, um, right. you know, scientists, how many science, sports scientists there are and all that, that kind of thing, you just can't legislate for. And this is that's why I kind of brought up the the injury to Luke Shaw. You know, maybe that is just played on his mind so much that he fluctuates in his commitment and his determination in training or his um, work rate. And it, maybe he fluctuates mentally. You know, it's, so I'm not putting I'm not trying to be mean. I am cognizant of all of these factors but when you look at it on paper the pure um facts of the matter are they should they're set up to succeed yeah um a couple questions about Mourinho's tactics uh at Stez MUFC asking why doesn't he play the Manchester United way and Ashik Rao 23 uh asking did we always have an attack uh, an identity and attack under Sir Alex I remember a lot of boring matches under Fergie and a few matches where he set up to negate as well. Um, what do you think of the tactics under Mourinho? Is there a clear Manchester United way? Did Fergie always stick to it? And is Mourinho not? I think I think there there is a clear um, Manchester United way, and that's like playing without fear, going out. Uh, it's not necessarily all-out attack every match. It's not outscore the, uh, the opposition um, in every game, like, you know, the Keegan's Newcastle team, perhaps, you know, that wasn't, that's not what it was, but it was like going out there, playing without fear, um, taking responsibility. And we've always, I mean, one of the other things is like, we've traditionally played with wingers, but we don't necessarily play that way anymore. And maybe the game's evolved because you need your wingers to be doing more than just crossing. But I think the idea that, um, you know, going out and playing without fear, I would say is the Manchester United way. And you see it, when you look at it through all of Fergie's teams, you know, you got, and you always had um, a mixture of sort of that, that talent and ability, but also that physical sort of intimidation. You always had it, you know, like you had the likes of Mark Hughes, Paul Ince, Steve Bruce back in the day, you know, Eric Cantona, he could look after himself. Then you got Roy Keane, even Cristiano Ronaldo, look, would be when he came to the, he was a kid, but where, as he matured, he was brave. He led by example, you know, he got he not stuck in in the sense that he'd go in with sliding tackles, but he put his head in. Uh, he would go after. He, he would always make sure that he was the one getting on the end of crosses. Or you know, there was that r- amazing header against Roma that I remember where he got taken out, but the only thing in his mind was getting the header in and get scoring the goal. So this this it's a being you know it's like being brave, um, not not having any fear, taking responsibility. So this is another thing that Ferguson used to say was look. 
you know, we'd set them up. They can go out once they, you know, once they're on the pitch, you expect your players to, to have, <clears throat> be able to take responsibility, read the game, read the situation and maybe have the balls to do something that the manager may not like at the time, but you've made the decision. If you can stand up, if you've got the character to stand up and say, well, this is why I did it, you know, and it's not, it's, it's been sort of taken out of the United team because um, of Louis van Gaal's very much uh, prescribed way of playing. And, and I think Jose Mourinho is trying to give his players that responsibility, but the team as a whole are mentally fragile. You know, they, they've highs against Liverpool. You know, I thought the comeback wins against Chelsea and Palace were starting to cement a bit more of that mental strength, but then things weren't working out for them against Sevilla and, and things Nobody wanted to take responsibility. Nobody stepped up. So he wants his teams to do that. And that's what he's talking about with um, Pogba as well. The idea that, yes, he's a supremely talented footballer, but you take one for the team. You take responsibility. You read the situation. You do what's necessarily necessary in that moment to get the team going forward. And then you work out, well, I like drifting forward and, and playing these great passes. you know. And this is why I called out Lukaku earlier. That's what he does. You know, he doesn't always play for himself. He plays for the team. He works hard. He doesn't always come off, you know, in whatever whatever he's trying to do. But he doesn't let his head drop. But he And he tries to do as much as he can to get the team get going forward. Um, and this is what he's looking for. And I think this is one of the reasons he signed Alexis Sanchez. Hasn't quite worked out. But, um, you know, the, 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 the building blocks are there. But I think there's a mental gap in the in the squad which Mourinho is desperately trying to fill and trying to work out how to work work that out and um it'll be interesting to see how he gets on with that yeah and then we'll wrap up with one last uh tactical question of Akash Patel 94 uh saying do you think that Mourinho's tactics and approach uh and management style are outdated in the modern game um no they I mean I don't think so. How uh, I don't. This is the other thing: is he's second in the league. You know, he's only behind Pep Guardiola. A historically so, fantastic city side. Exactly. It's like a mass. It's a really good side. And over the years, he's what won. We won two trophies last season. You know, maybe at Chelsea, his final season didn't quite work out, but he won the league the season before that. So it's not like he's going through some barren patch where you know, six, seven, eight years without a trophy, having won loads, then you could see like a clear demarcation that maybe he's not evolving. And maybe he isn't evolving, but his, and maybe his powers are on the wane and we're seeing the beginning of that. But at the same time, you can't say he's totally outdated and like Klopp and Pochettino and Conte and and all these other guys have much better tactical um, acumen and, and plans when they're all below him in the league. So you've got to try and be a little bit balanced with the way you look at these things. So uh, I, I would like to see him be a bit more, a bit, what's the word, not looser, but give a little bit more freedom to the attackers. Maybe, maybe it's not freedom. Maybe it's give them a bit more structure. I'm not hundred percent sure exactly what's going on with, with why we're a bit, why we're so disjointed up front. Some people say it's because Mourinho is so rigid. Other people say it's because we don't coach the, we don't coach sort of attacking systems. Maybe it's a combination of both. So obviously he needs to get that right with the attacking talent he has in the squad. He, he, he should, we should be a very, very good attacking unit, but we're not. So there are issues there. Um, but I wouldn't say, I mean, the evidence shows us that his tactics aren't outdated. They might, it, it might just be a case of, well, this season, they're not quite good enough 
with the players that he's got to match Pep Guardiola and the players that he has. So, you know, we'll see over, it will, time will tell, but at the moment you can't come to that conclusion. Absolutely. Farah, any parting thoughts? Um, I don't know whether my, whether this pod has sounded like quite a big defense of <laughs> Mourinho and maybe it's come across that way. And I was fuming after that severe game and, and, and I think that he needs to sort a lot out and to win over quite a lot. I think a lot of, for a lot of fans, that was a sort of turning point. And even for me on the night, I was like, I did point out that at another club like Bayern, Barcelona, Real Madrid, that result against Sevilla would mean that he would be gone at the end of the season without question, right? We know that. I mean, look at, and PSG as well. You know, they're, they're going to get rid of their guy um, at the end of the year and look for someone else. So I was... This isn't supposed to be a defense of Mourinho. It's more about trying to put that that more of a pragmatic hat on and, and look at it from all angles. But certainly I'm, I wasn't happy with the severe defeat, but I can also look at the rest of the season and say there are positives here and there. Um, and hopefully we, we sort of turn it around uh, in terms of the cha- challenging for the title next season. Maybe we pick up the FA Cup this year. So it's not all bad is what I'm trying to say. And, you know, uh, hopefully he sorts it out. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Well, we will end on that note. Uh, Joshi, tell the folks where they can find you. Cool. Thanks a lot uh, for having me on. Um, you can find me on Twitter at, uh, at Doc underscore Joshi. Uh, I'm also fe- feature on Full Time Devils YouTube channel quite a bit. Obviously, this pod and other podcasts. And um, I do a bit of sports writing, uh, sports science uh, writing, and other sort of health technology stuff, which you can find on my website, uh, doc, uh, which is docjoshy.co.uk. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for uh, joining us. Hopefully, the United fans enjoyed this more than the one yesterday, uh, and we hope you keep listening. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.